Cliffcentral.com. All right, everybody, listen, I've got much, much more important things to talk about with Dr. Hanan. Yes. And I think this is something that's come up a lot whenever we talk about the story of Charles and Camilla. And we're not going to talk about the coronation or that they are king and queen now, but we're going to talk about their relationship. And I wanted to ask Dr. Hanan about this because he, of course, is our own live-in shrink. He's also a renowned psychologist, head of the Anxiety and Trauma Clinic in Johannesburg. And a regular contributor to the show. How's it, Dr. Hanan? How are you? I'm doing great. How's it going, guys? Awesome. So listen, there were a lot of funny memes about like, uh, you know, Camilla being the side chick and all the other side chicks just to have to hang in there because eventually they'll get the chance to be crowned queen. But I've never seen her as the side chick. I think, you know, there's that famous picture of, of Charles and Camilla with their names scratched into the tree. And I, I often think, that was real love. And that was before Diana even came onto the scene. And and now finally, you know, Charles has got what he always wanted to have her by his side as his queen and also as his wife. They've been married for, what, 18 years now. Um, you know, people hated Camilla in the beginning because they loved Diana because people love a fairy tale. But mm. the reality is that sometimes love isn't the fairy tale. Sometimes love is actually just consistency, companionship, friendship and and it's not these hollywood or disney displays of like what princesses and you know true love and sleeping beauty being woken by a kiss and all that bullshit that's not what real love is and if people think that's real love it's usually because they're childish and stupid real love doesn't always look like you know a fairy a, a tale prince. yeah a fairy tale it sometimes looks kind of boring but can be relied upon. It sometimes looks like two people who really trust and love and care for each other. And it's not about what the rest of us think or see. Do you yeah. agree? Uh, for sure. I think the number one uh, comment uh, that I get in my practice uh, between couples is how come our relationship isn't like dot, 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 and they can, they quote to their neighbors or their best friends or uh, some couple in the, in the movies. And the reality is relationships are not fairy tales. Uh, if you had to really uh, uncover the, the and scratch beneath the veneer of what it looks like, relationships are really hard work. There's incredible value in relationships, but they're hard work. And I've always said that in life, value and stress are married. Value and stress are married. You can't detangle the two. And uh, the more value you accumulate in life, the more stress you accumulate in life. And if somebody had to really say to me, Hanan, how do I eliminate stress? Well, the real answer is, well, eliminate everything that you value. Because when you accumulate things... If you don't want to be stressed, just don't care about anything. Exactly. Exactly. But then the cost of that is you get depressed. So you have no choice but to accumulate value. And that comes with stress. So I always say to people, yes, listen, and it shouldn't be be called different. Value should be called stress and stress should be called value. It's how you manage it that makes the difference between healthy and unhealthy. And relationships are not different. You enter into different phases as you grow older. And the truth is the skill set that you learned in phase one of your relationship does not apply to phase two of your relationship. It's like learning to survive in the jungle and then moving to the desert and thinking you can take the same strategies from the jungle to the desert. It is 
different. Mm-hmm. And you got to relearn and relearn and relearn as you adjust to different phases in order to make it better. But listen, as you said, you've, you scratched beneath the veneer. It looks quite ugly. But beneath the veneer or deep, a couple of levels deeper, it's really meaningful for sure. All right. So, Doc, um, I think another part of this which, which people are very uncomfortable to talk about, and even people who are in relationships and have, like I've been to a couple of fairy tale weddings where I saw, you know, people I've really um, known for a long time, people who are, who are deeply in love. You see them and there's just this, this, this moment of absolute ecstasy and love where everybody around them is gathered to see how um, their relationship kicks off once they're married. There's, there's lots of hugs and kisses and excitement and, you know, this, this outflow of emotion. And then about four or five years down the line, it all changes very dramatically. It becomes boring. It becomes main mundane. It becomes about the consistency rather than anything else. And the relationships that survive are sometimes not the ones that put on a good show. Am I right? Yeah. So I think you, you're overly optimistic. You say four or five years, the relationship becomes boring. I think yeah. it's four or five weeks later. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the reality. That's the reality. The moment you get used to something and it becomes part of your routine, it becomes boring and monotonous. And then we all need to go on adventures. And relationships is all about creating new adventures so that it becomes fresh. But always the starting point, the, always the starting point. When I say, when I see couples, the first question that I ask them is, how much are you willing to make this work? How much are you willing to put to make this work? What is your will to make this work? And if couples are like, yeah, but or I'm only going to do it if he does this. I'm only going to do that if she does that. That is the last session I see them. I will not see them again because there has to be an incredible will to work through a hardship in order to make a relationship work because relationships are not easy. I want to share a quick story with you in terms of will. I actually heard it. Um, a couple of weeks ago from a patient of mine, this is a true story of a bus driver who was bused by the cops for driving. He could only take 32 people on his bus and he was bused with 70. 70 people Whoa. on his bus by the cops, yeah. And the cops stop him there. He goes to court and the judge says, how come you, you had 70 people when you only allowed 32? And this is a true story. He goes, I never had 70 people. I only had 32. And the judge says, well, you were bust for 70 or says the cop was wrong. And he, and he actually challenges the judge to come outside and try to pack his bus with more than 32 people. And the mm. judge, judge takes him up on the offer. So they go outside and they pack <laughs> one, two, five, 10, 15, 20, 25. And they're only allowed, they're only able to squeeze in 32. So he's, he's acquitted. He's able to get, uh, get off. And at the end of the case, the judge says to him, Tell me, buddy, between you and I, how did you get 72? How did you do it? How did you get 70 people on the bus? And the bus driver says, the difference between my 70 and your 32 is my 70 really wanted to get on the bus. (laughs) And I love the story because when there's a will, there's Mm -hmm. a way. And if you want to make something work, you will make it work. So with Camilla's story or the royal story, you know, the Camilla gate where they were bust having... um, Own sex. Yeah, right, right. And there's many reasons why it shouldn't work, many reasons. But where there's a will, there's a way, and that's always a starting point. It's not the whole story, but there must be a will to make it work for sure as a starting point. Hmm. Do you know, it's also, um, I think... 
Yeah, I'm looking at some of the comments here and people are talking about like how, you know, Camilla might not have been as pretty as Princess Diana was and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But those are the superficial things. And, you know, who can explain why love works a certain way for some people? Thank God we all have different tastes, right? I mean, there isn't one person who is by far the most beautiful woman in the world. Um, there isn't one person who everybody thinks is the, is the hottest thing that ever existed, but there are, there are some, there are some similarities between, you know, the people that uh, everybody finds attractive and the people that everybody doesn't. But for some people, it's not about that at all. It's the personality. It's the fact that they're supportive, the fact that they make you smile or make you laugh. Maybe it's the fact that it's an X factor. So it's it's a special thing that you can't explain sometimes. But this idea that, um, you know, when, and I think, I think Hollywood and Disney have a lot to, to do with this is they've given us an, an idea of what these things should look like. And then when they don't work out that way for all of us, we, we start to think we've done something wrong. All right. But Gareth, and yeah, let me ask you this. Have you ever spoken to somebody that's a five out of 10 and the moment they open their mouths within two minutes, they turn into a nine or the other way around, you speak to a 10 out of 10, they open their mouths and within two seconds, they turn into a one. You actually don't, you can't see them because they're not attractive. I mean, they it happens all the time. For sure. I mean, the reality is that, I mean, apart from wanting to have a, a short-term relationship or a one-night stand, which looks obviously takes priority, or that physical attraction, if you're looking to maintain a camp with someone, it, it's way more than looks and education yeah. and the way that they use their words. And, you know, like nothing irritates me more when people misspell words in text. That's not attractive to me. To somebody else, that's okay. But to me, it's not attractive. You can take a 10 where they misspell there and there and there, and they are, that immediately drops them down to a two for me. So the reality, that's the reality. And yeah. the truth is that attraction is not just the way that they look. It's the education, how they speak, how they speak to their mother, how they speak to your mother, how they speak mm-hmm. to your siblings, how they treat mm-hmm. you when you're down, how do they treat you when you're up, how do you, they treat you when you wake up in a bad mood, how do they treat you when you wake up in the best mood. Those are all contribute to attraction if you're looking to build camp with somebody for the long run. Yeah. I mean, ain't that the truth? You, you, yeah. you don't know. You look at some people's relationships and you think, how can those two hideously ugly people want to be <laughs> with each other? And, and, and then similarly, you, you know, you sometimes see a guy and, and, and he's revolting and then he's with this beautiful girl and you think, well, he must have money. Uh, that's yeah. always the experience we jump to. Or you see like this couple and they just, they both hideous and it's ugly to watch and it makes you, uh, <laughs> But they really love each other. And you can just see the way they hold hands, the way they smile and laugh at each other. And you think they've been together for like 30 years. How do these people get that right? It's, yeah, it's different. It's, different strokes it's, for different folks. It's completely. Com- completely. You don't know what's attractive to the one person or what's attracted no. to the one person to another. But listen, don't – and this is a very important point, guys. Don't fall for what it looks like or don't fall for what social media says. Uh, or shows you in terms of a couple. You know, I've got a couple that the the wife hates the husband so much that she despises the child because the child looks like the husband. That's how much she hates the husband. But on Facebook, but on Facebook, you would not believe the messages. My incredible husband, you're the rock of my life. I couldn't be happier. And that's what people see. And they think the relationship is bliss and incredible and perfect fairy tale. But behind the scenes, it's very different. 
That is so true. Uh, people are, people also living their, their own fantasy in their head. And then when Definitely. the reality strikes, it's like, ooh, this is not what I asked for. Completely. Completely. All right. I love it. Um, don't believe everything people present. And don't believe everything you see on social media either. That's bound to make you unhappy. Jeez, but thank you. It was good to see you. And especially nice on a Monday. To start our Absolutely. week properly. Stay warm, Great. guys. Cool. Yeah, it's, uh, you can feel the weather's changing. Winter's definitely here. Uh, Keenan says, ooh, two fugly people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You'd be surprised at uh, the, the beautiful children they can produce. Well, yeah, that sometimes happens, right? Um, mm-hmm. Vanessa says, your twin flame is often someone who doesn't look anything like you expected. Instead, they share your desire to make life better. Yeah, it's uh, the stuff that people are really attracted to is sometimes not the stuff that they think they're attracted to. It's like I've often met, you know, people who I thought this this person is truly one of the ugliest people I've ever seen. But after talking to them for a little bit, even a, a superficial asshole like me can start to appreciate like, oh, wow, they really are smart or funny or interesting or they have – you know, such a, a, a an overwhelming personality. And then you kind of feel like an asshole afterwards because you're like, wow, I really judged that book by its cover and I was so yeah. wrong. It happens. Yeah, I mean, very, absolutely. very rare, very rarely because mostly ugly people are also dreadful on the inside. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how it goes.